Hello and welcome to another bonus mini episode of the Smashing Pumpcast. I'm Frank. Pat will be joining us later for his pumpkin pick of the week. Uh, unfortunately, this will probably be the last mini episode for a while. Um, as I said before, producing the show and recording the show takes a lot of time and work. And at the moment, I need to be spending more time with my family and supporting my friends uh, who need it right now. And uh, yeah, uh, we at first the intention was to give you content that would tide you over until the next full episode. But honestly, I don't think that it's completely necessary. Uh, we don't have very many listeners. I don't know. We're about a 150 average listeners right now, which is great. And we really appreciate that. But at the same time, for the amount of work that goes into this for, um, well, to be honest, no money whatsoever. We can't really monetize a podcast. And we don't have really a Patreon at the moment. Maybe down the line, we'll have a Patreon, but uh, we're going to have to get a few more listeners uh, before that can happen. So, because of all these factors, uh, we're going to take a break a little bit with the mini episodes, but please still keep uh, sending your stories, your feedback, uh, because we want to hear them and we will eventually do another one of these uh, down the road, or we'll just actually fold it into a full episode. But uh, we thank those of you who listen to these as well, uh, uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're sorry we can't make this a regular thing, but, you know, with everything going on and uh, for in our personal lives and then also in our friends' lives, uh, we just want to make sure that we're there for those that we care about. So we just wanted to say with everything going on at the time of this recording that uh, if you follow us on social media, you know that we strongly support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and we really appreciate everybody who listens to the show who also shows support for that movement as well. Uh, we feel very strongly about it, and we're really happy to see that a lot of the listeners are behind us on this. And um, I know some of you might be like, well, what's the point in getting political? But you know what? It's not political. Uh, it's just a human issue. It's human life. It's abuse of power. It's murder. It's just that plain and simple. So if you don't like us talking about it, then guess what? Go start your own fucking podcast because we strongly support and believe in this movement. And if you visit our Instagram, if you look in our bio, you will see a link to uh, places that you can donate and things that you can do to support the movement as well. So I uh, just want to stand firmly and say that Pat and I very, very much support this cause. So please, if you can, donate money, donate time, and stand up for what's right. It's that simple. Stand up for what's right. Not to take a sharp turn, but uh, hey, let's, uh, let's check out some listener feedback. Matthew Oliveri from Yorba Linda, California asks, Beside the original four, what is your favorite lineup through the years? So for me, uh, Frank, um, yeah, I, I guess, so we're not talking about dream lineup because that would be completely different. Um, but I, I loved the Melissa Oftimar lineup because I think she's amazing and I love her, but, um, Oceana era, <laughs> Oceania, see, I did it again. Oceania era. Uh, without a doubt, uh, for Nicole alone. I mean, I, I, I can't sing the praises of Nicole enough. I think her bass arrangements and her backup vocals were 
perfect. Uh, it really bums me out she didn't get to continue with the band. I think she was great for the band. And I think having her and Jeff on either side of Billy really brought out some of the best stuff that he ever did or the arrangements. Um, I, I know you'll hear me gush more about Oceania when we get there, uh, which is surprising. I know since I mispronounced it, I keep mispronouncing it um, in earlier episodes and now, and uh, didn't include a, a track on it uh, for my mix, but I digress, whatever. I think that was a very strong lineup. I like Mike a lot. You know, I think um, he's a, he's a good drummer. However, if we're talking about dream lineup, it would be uh, Nicole on bass, you know, uh, Jeff and James on guitar, uh, and Jimmy on drums. That would be like my, my, my dream lineup. Um, but that being said, that Oceania era was uh, pretty phenomenal, both, um, performance wise and, uh, recording wise. I think there was some really great stuff and it really is a shame that Nicole wasn't able to, uh, continue with the band. I honestly don't, I haven't really read into it very much. Um, about why she wasn't part of the band anymore. I, I don't want to dig up any kind of uh, bad feelings or anything like that, but I, maybe I don't want to know, but it is a shame because she was a phenomenal bass player. And I'm going to say something very controversial. Um, I love Darcy, but I think that she, I think that Nicole was the best bass player that the pumpkins have ever had. There, I said it. Pat uh, actually said that his favorite lineup is the Machina lineup, the one with Off to Mar. Um, so there you go. Hope that answers your question. Matthew Oliveri from Yorba Linda, California. Speaking of which, um, that reminds me, uh, a really great podcast that I discovered uh, was The Discographers. And they recently talked about the Oceania uh, album. And what they do is they... Uh, Track by track, album by album, they break down the music theory behind each song. And it's really precise and really incredible. And for somebody who flunked out of music theory in college and flunked out of the music department at the University of North Texas, uh, I can really appreciate it. Uh, but they give a history about the albums and then uh, they go into the music theory and then they give their two cents about it. And they're not as... Um, diehard pumpkins fans so uh but they do really enjoy the band and really like the band so it's really cool to hear their uh input on some of the albums that we've had a lot of time with and really love but i, I highly recommend it uh, if you really want to get nerdy uh into the music theory of these albums really fantastic so check that out it's called the discographers uh find it wherever you get your podcast Speaking of podcasts, uh, Samurai Godzilla on Twitter let us know about the Rivals podcast. This last week, they covered the feud, quote unquote, between Stephen Malcolmus and Billy. Um, I was already a fan of this podcast, and I'm a fan of Stephen Hyden's work. Your favorite band is Killing Me. Twilight of the Gods are great reads. Uh, if you're into classic rock or rock journalism in general, I know music journalists are the enemy of Billy, but whatever. Um there's some really great stuff in those books. Uh, it's you know it's funny listening to him and his co-host talk about the band and Billy. And uh, while I agree with some of their criticisms they have of Mister WPC, um, 
it, I do get defensive. <laughs> it's tough. It's like, it's kind of like somebody talking shit about a family member. It's like, you know, you, you can't say that about my dad. Only I can. Uh, so it's really interesting to hear that stuff outside of this. It's, it's really, I'm sure that's probably what you do with us as well. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a cool episode. I think it's a, he, they make a great point about, you know, if they only sat down with each other, I'm sure they would find that they have more in common than not. And that it was really probably something that wasn't meant to be malicious and then just turned into something bigger than it really needed to be. So yeah, that's the Rivals podcast that's hosted by Stephen Hyden and Jordan Runtog. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. I sympathize because people get my last name wrong all the time. So yeah, check that out, Rivals. So friend of the pod, Ashley Gentry, sent us an article uh, from a while back. I want to say it was from the Machina era where they played two free sets for fans uh, in Tempe, Arizona. So there's a couple of pictures here, and underneath the pictures of the fans waiting for the concert, uh, it says, Dr. Evil, he's not. But Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy Corgan sure can please the fans. <laughs> Dr. Evil, he's not. Fuck off. <laughs> I know that they thought that was so clever. Dr. Evil, because get it, he's, he looks like Dr. Evil because of the bald head. Anyway, um, a little bit of a call forward to our next episode you'll see what we're talking about but uh yeah i mean this is a really cool uh, article uh that she sent to us and we'll be posting that on the socials when we post this episode so you can take a look at uh this uh, old article but then she also asked um uh, she says i remember distinctly listening to a full version of a cover of u2's sunday bloody sunday i can still hear it in my head and my husband says yeah i remember that too however I cannot find this version anymore, anywhere. I've reached out to Billy with no response for whatever reason, but in my mind, I am going crazy thinking that my mind had made it all up. Or does it actually exist? Now, other fans have found a teaser in the middle of Melancholy at the Max show in the archives along with a small bit of emotional rescue. That's not the version I'm remembering. My kind of question is, am I actually crazy? <laughs> does a full version exist? And if not, I can stop obsessing about it. It's not healthy. So uh, if anybody listening knows if there was a cover of U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday, please let us know just for, you know, for her sanity and for our sanity too, because we'd love to hear that cover. Uh, we love U2. Or at least I love the earlier stuff. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, she also asked another question. She says that she was born in Jacksonville, Florida in 1982 when Billy was on the mark. And she asked what part of Florida where they end do you know and actually we don't know and i should know because i think he says it in viewphoria and i've watched it a million times when i was a teenager so it should be ingrained in my head but um yeah i don't know uh and we're still trying to get a hold of some of that stuff by the mart uh i did happen to stumble on some stuff on youtube which is weird because i did not stumble upon it uh, when we were doing uh, research for the episodes for the for the demo cassettes. So we're going to have to check those out and uh, get back to you. Maybe we'll do a special episode of all marked material. Anyway, so yeah, the, to answer your question, no, we do not know. If uh, anybody else knows what specific part of Florida, just let us know. Hit us up uh, so that we can answer that question. Instagram user boy e and g-r-r-r-l girl, spelt like riot girl, uh, way, um, 
directed us to some SP Deep Cut related TV. Uh, one being an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. There's uh, there there was a character named Corgano who was the mystical moon god of the Darasay civilization. And Darasay is spelled D apostrophe capital A lowercase R S A Y. Seems familiar, doesn't it? Like Darcy spells her name. Oh my God. So writer Joe Minoski, Minoski, I'm, I'm going to fuck up these last names. Anyway, um, he named uh, the character after Billy because they were one of his favorite bands. So there you go. If you're a Star Trek fan and you're a Pumpkins fan, your two worlds are colliding with Corgano. <laughs> and if you look up the... The wiki picture for it. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to post that picture on the socials as well because it's too good not to post what um, Picard uh, trying to disguise himself as Corgano looks like. Apparently, also, they let us know that uh, Melissa Joan Hart is a big fan and that there was an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch called The Great Mistake where she tries to sneak out to attend a Smashing Pumpkins concert. So uh, we'll have to check that out. Maybe we'll do... uh, just a TV episode of all the pumpkins related TV. And, uh, Hey, if anybody happens to know Melissa Joan Hart, uh, tell her she is welcome on the show. We might try to pull a few strings and see if we can get that going. We love to make that happen. The biggest one, uh, Elijah Wood, Elijah Wood, if you're listening and I know that you're not, but if you are, or somebody, you know, is listening, please come on the show. Let Pat and I uh, talk pumpkins with you. Come on, man. We don't have to talk about anything else. Just pumpkins. That's all I want to know. The fact that I was excited that you wore a pumpkin shirt in uh, Flipper, the movie. Maybe I won't bring that up, but I would like to. Just want to give a shout out to new listener Tom McBreen. Uh, He emailed us and uh, thank you for... Uh, saying such nice things about the show. He says, my first show was in 96 in Hartford, Connecticut, and it was life-changing in that he has a crazy story about being 15 years old and how he and his friends lied to their parents and took a bus to Boston to see them uh, during the Adore Tour. Uh, Yeah, we'd love to hear that. Again, if you or anyone else have uh, 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 pumpkins-related stories that you would like to share, Uh, Please do. I know that we're going to be pumping the brakes on these bonus mini episodes, but it'll give us uh, more more material to actually make it worth it to do these bonus mini episodes. So thank you, Tom McBreen, for emailing. And just thanks again to everybody who continues to reach out to us and tell us that they enjoy the show. There's a handful of you on Instagram and Twitter who uh, are just so encouraging and it really helps out a lot. Puts a lot of, uh, you know, gas in the tank. Um, It's a small but loving group, and we really, really appreciate your support. So thank you very much. Keep uh, letting us know how you like the show. Um, Eventually, when we do the Patreon, hopefully somewhere down the line, uh, we'll we'll have you involved in the show in some form or fashion. uh, But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But thank you so much for helping us out. All right, so that concludes the listener feedback. Now it's time for my mistake. My mistake. We didn't really hear anything back, which we find very, very surprising given the fact that we are still covering the demo cassettes, the last one being the self-titled one. 
And uh, pretty sure we have some uh, corrections that are due for that one. But uh, one thing that I do want to mention in the uh, to correct a mixtape episode mistake is that I said that Silver Crank was a title that Walmart put onto the cassette tape in the CD, but that is not true. What I'm remembering is the Vuforia tape release, and on the back it says Silver Crank, because on the inside of the cassette tape of the Walmart purchase, it has the name completely there, but you just can't see it when you're perusing the tape and CD aisle. So that's what it's from, Vuforia, not from Walmart. My apologies to Walmart, but seriously, you still suck. The way that you edited those albums, come on. Also, you suck for other reasons. Pay your employees right. Give them the benefits that they deserve, fucking Walmart. And as a correction, not really a correction, but something uh, that we mentioned in the upcoming episode is uh, John Popper from the Blues Traveler and the Smashing Pumpkins. And I said I couldn't remember uh, which song that he guested on. And apparently he did a, a guest harmonica solo on Porcelina. So, Popper plays harmonica on Porcelina. Popper plays Porcelina. Popper plays on Porcelina. It's a just acting exercise, a, a vocal warm-up if you want. So anyway, that is my mistake. So in one of the bonus mini-episodes, I had uh, done a thing about uh, what I'm listening to. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of, uh, stuff that I'm listening to, but one thing I did want to mention was, uh, Fountains of Wayne. Um, it really hit me when Adam Schlesinger passed. Um, I'm a big fan of Ivy. Uh, I was a big fan of Fountains of Wayne as well. Uh, I was introduced to the band, uh, through both bands, uh, Fountains of Wayne and Ivy through, uh, the, the record label that Adam was associated with, with Darcy and James, uh, Scratchy Records. Uh, I remember watching 120 Minutes in 1996, uh, that winter where uh, James and Darcy hosted and they showed videos of artists that are on the scratchy label. Um, bands like Full Fledge, Catherine, uh, and of course, you know, that's where I saw Ivy and Fountains of Wayne for the first time and I was hooked. And over the years, I, I became a really big fan of Adam's uh, arrangements, his songwriting skills. I, I, I honestly think that he, I, I was really hit by, by uh, his death uh, because I really do believe that he is uh, an incredibly underrated uh, songwriter, uh, you know, power pop rock songwriter. And I think one day... Um, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that he, his genius will be um, admired one day as has we, you know, my generation came around to Big Star 
you know, we discovered the Alex Chilton and Chris Bell stuff way later than their heyday. And I, I really strongly believe that we'll, we'll be that way with Adam and his music because he really was uh, incredible and amazing. And, um, you know, he, he wrote a lot of fantastic stuff. My, my daughter watches a show, a children's show called Bubble Guppies that's on Nickelodeon, and he did music for that as well. And it was weird because I remember hearing uh, <laughs> a couple of songs being like, wow, that sounds very uh, Fountains of Wayne-ish. Uh, and I was right. Um, and then also, you know, he wrote stuff with our friend Rachel Bloom for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And he, he just was such an underrated and incredibly talented musician and uh his loss is a huge huge blow to music and um if you actually uh, check out on uh, Bandcamp, there is a um a new compilation that is called saving for a custom van a tribute to the music of adam schlesinger and it has a lot of uh, various artists on there. And uh, if you purchase it off of Bandcamp, 100% of sales go to Music Care's COVID-19 Relief Fund. Um, yeah, I, I, I check it out, donate to it. Uh, it's really great, and it's a really fantastic celebration to what uh, Adam's incredible music was. So that's just something I want to mention that I've been listening to. I've been playing it for my daughter a lot, Fountains of Wayne and Ivy and stuff, because it's catchy shit. It's really great, and uh, she loves it. So that's a good um, segue into my pumpkin pick of the week. So I'll get into my pumpkin pick of the week, but first let's get into Pat's pumpkin pick of the week. Pat, what did you pick? Hey there, pumpkin heads, pumpkin freaks. It's Pat O'Brien here coming to you with this week's pumpkin pick of the week. And I'd been kind of thinking about this song anyway. Um, it's a it's a favorite B-side of mine. And I wasn't sure which one I was going to talk about, though. And then it's a cover. Spoiler alert. And then I heard another cover of this same song. Um, which I found to be quite uninspired and, and unexciting. And it sort of sealed the deal for me uh, to choose this, uh, this cover. So this week's pumpkin pick for me is a cover of Blondie's Dreaming from the Aeroplane Flies High Bullet with Butterfly Wings single. Here's a little taste. Okay, so that was a little taste of Dreaming as covered by, yep, you guessed it, the Smashing Pumpkins. Who else do we talk about on this show? That's not true. We actually, I think we, we talk about um, a lot of different music and a lot of different stuff using the Smashing Pumpkins as a sort of 
jumping off point. But yeah, it's a pumpkin pick. What? It's Of course, it's going to be the pumpkins. But it's not a pumpkin song. Originally, it's a Blondie song. It's one of my favorite um, pumpkin uh, B-sides because you don't really get that many if uh, featuring uh, some Darcy vocals, which are great. And... But the the main thing that tipped me to to choose this uh, particular B-side as my pumpkin pick this week, I was sort of thinking about it. Um, And obviously there was a a lot on everyone's minds that is bigger, if you can believe it, than even, you know, uh, the pumpkins, much bigger. Um, There are cataclysmic, seismic shifts happening, hopefully in human consciousness that will... um, evolve us forward to be um better uh humans to one another and to you know abolish systems that um crush and oppress uh uh, you know some humans while while not doing the same to others so hopefully this you know that's what we're headed toward but um all that to say you know i was having trouble sort of honing in on a on a you know a pumpkin pick just because i was thinking about a lot of other stuff also have a newborn baby in the house which is you know a pretty constant um focal point of our lives in a great way but anyway i i you know i've, I've always loved this song and i was sort of thinking oh maybe i'll choose that and then what what sold it for me was that my spotify uh, new release radar included a new cover of dreaming by green day and you know i i look i love i i used to love green day i i really did i probably around the same time i got into the pumpkins around 94 um dookie was and it still is an amazing album but i've my relationship with green day is just we just grow farther and farther apart as time goes by but anyway um i listened to I clicked through some of this Green Day cover and it just kind of was sort of a loyal, they didn't really do much with it. I think my my personal feeling is that if you're going to cover a song, especially a kind of classic song by a well-known artist, or even if not, I, I think if you're going to cover a, a song that's already been recorded, written by someone else, recorded by someone else you got to put your own spin on it you got to reinvent it a little bit and this green day version was just kind of a you know guitars kind of sounded the only thing different was that it was billy joe uh, armstrong's vocals so all that to say it, it it sealed the deal for me to choose the pumpkins version because they did just that they really they really broke this song down and built it back up again into you know, um, well, as, as Billy put it, um, we decided, quote, we decided to do this with a breezy hippity hop vibe with a little joy division thrown in for good measure. So, you know, um, again, I knew this version, I think before I heard the Blondie version, um, and it was kind of a mind blow when I finally did hear the Blondie version, the, you know, much more fast paced kind of like still dreamy but punk you know more punk uh, sounding version of it um i'll also just say that i love the 
I love the Blondie version, and it's off of the Blondie album Eat to the Beat, which is my absolute favorite Blondie album. I listen to this um, pretty often. It's got some great, great songs on it. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Um, there's some kind of... Um, I think people are pretty hip to the to songs like Union City Blue and Shayla, which are tracks three and four off of uh, E to the Beat. They're much more kind of uh, uh, kind of melancholy. Um, it's like sort of uh, uh, moodier Blondie songs, and they're they're just great. And it's got plenty of you know plenty of uh, up up tempo Blondie hits uh, on there as well, but. Um, yeah, so in the process of doing this, looking at, you know, just this kind of uh, stats of the recording, it was recorded June 1996 at Soundworks and Farmer Brown Studio, a- aka Darcy's House. Just clicking around, I somehow managed to go down the wormhole of um, the Billy Darcy feud as it unfolded a couple of years ago. And I I, Frank and I have already talked about the um, text message exchange uh, exchange between Billy and Darcy and the whole comments thread that Darcy was writing on the um, alternative, uh, alternative Nation, I believe it was, uh, website. But I had never actually seen on Alternative Nation, there was a big big long interview with Darcy which I had I hadn't read and I just started who boy I just started reading it and yikes I mean these two she has not any kind words to say about Billy and I you know we are we all already knew this but it's a man oh man what a soap opera um yeah it makes me sad but it also is kind of like you know i don't know this is as we've talked about maybe this is part of what keeps us all coming back this um you know the drama you've been craving as uh sleater kenny would say i say sleater kenny so a lot of people say slater kenny but i think i always you know i think i saw it in print before um ever hearing anyone say it out loud and I just kind of came to my own conclusions um, anyway so that's my pumpkin pick of the week I hope everyone is staying safe and sane out there and until next time emptiness is loneliness and I am out of here alright now for my pumpkin pick of the week it's only fitting that I choose this song since I'm not sure when we'll do another one of these, um, but my pumpkin pick of the week is Farewell and Good Night. There's a reason that we have signed off with this song uh, multiple times. We don't do it every single time, but we do feel like it's um, uh, 
it's just such a great send-off. Um, and with the history of the band, it really did signify uh, the end of an era for them and uh, the fact that the band would never really be the same after that. Uh, it would never be the full original lineup again. And uh, it's bittersweet, but it's also comforting. I know for me, when I would be listening to the album in my room um, before I'd head off to sleep, just hearing that gave me a, a sense of comfort and uh, joy that let me know that everything is okay. No matter how shit the day was, everything was going to be all right. The day is over and I can sleep. I can rest. And uh, after having my daughter, whenever I have bedtime with her and I put her to sleep, I like to sing this song to her. Um, it's special to me in that way that I can share such a wonderful and special song that meant so much to me to a new generation, to my daughter. It takes on a whole new meaning and uh, it's really special to me and she loves it when I sing it to her. Right now, she is not in daddy mode uh, for putting her to bed. Right now, she only wants mommy to put her to bed. But <laughs> when I do, uh, I sing her this song, and it really... Um, now I'm going to get choked up talking about it. But I'm going to fight through it and say... Um, it's one of my favorite songs ever. I know it wasn't on my mix, but uh, it really holds a special place in my heart, especially now. And yeah, farewell and good night. That's my pumpkin pick of the week. And for a while. All right, so we're going to give you a little taste for next week's show. We are going to conclude the demo cassettes. Yes, we are finally here. We're going to conclude our review of the demo cassettes, and we're going to conclude it with Moon Demo. There's a keyboard solo that, I, that really struck me. Very psychedelic, groovy baby, um, which I, I... That's what I wrote down, yeah, yeah. groovy baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like the scrappiness of this and that 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 keyboard solo was Mark Ignafo. I teased it up a little oh, bit earlier okay. about uh, where he makes an appearance. So he's the one playing that organ part. He probably heard this and said like, hey, baby, this needs some organ. Let's get on it. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. me imagining what Mark Ignacio sounds, sounds like. sounds like what he would sound he's like. He's like, hey, baby, Billy, baby, Billy, you need to have some organ on this track. I picture Mark Ignacio with a big, uh, an open collar shirt, um, chest <laughs> hair, sort of tinted aviator glasses, cigarette and just a little cocaine. bell bottoms yeah, bell to the sea yeah old pro in the music industry he's done it all he's like baby billy this song is missing something you're gonna want that organ solo <laughs> and then billy was like okay cool eat these quaaludes baby yeah <laughs> and then after he ate the quaaludes he came up with the lyric uh which i was talking about open your eyes to these mustard lies So that was a preview of our Moon Demo episode. After that, we'll be releasing the pre-Gish singles and official releases. And then we're going to cover it. Big Bad Gish.
And that's right, Gish is finally going to be covered. Part of the reason, I'm going to, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to uh, pull the curtain back a little bit, but not too much. Uh, the reason why we didn't do Gish first uh, is because we really, really tried to get a friend of a friend uh, who would have been an excellent guest to talk about Gish. We are still working on that. But rather than delay the release of us talking about it, we might do two separate episodes uh, down the line where we have this special guest talk about uh, the album and their experience with it. But um, yeah, for now, you're just going to get us. Just gonna get us talking about it, uh, but that's a that's gonna be about a month from now where you're gonna hear that episode. So sit tight for that. But next week, Moon Demo. Then two weeks from that, we'll have the pre-gish releases, and then two weeks from that, we will have gish. So that will do it for this bonus mini episode. Like I said, I don't know when the next one will be, but we really appreciate you listening to these. And until the next one. Farewell and good night.